It's my little girl's birthday. We want to celebrate it by taking you to the movies, you know, with the family. Well, I have a date with Frank, and I really like him a lot. But I am going to cancel my date with him and go to the movies with you. I mean, you guys are like a family to me. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the Nudie Bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. What's up? You may not be allowed in the movie theater, but we are. We are no man. We are doing the show from the movie theater today because it's empty and uh, it's free. (laughs) I'm sitting here alone, though, because, you know, chicks can't resist a guy who sits alone in a movie theater. Oh, and my name is Al. (laughs) I'm Jamie. Aren't you going to ask me if I'm okay? We asked you if you were okay earlier today. How many times do we have to say it? <laughs> we care, Jamie. <laughs> what a day. That's all you get. And I'm dead. Booby. I saw Booby. What? 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 Yeah. Let's all get up and go to the other theater. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm Steven. Alex, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Luscious Hooters? No, I should have been thinking about that, but <laughs> I was thinking about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Time to move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. We are reviewing Movie Show. This is a classic among fans. Season 7, episode 21. Yeah, that's right. Season 7, another one people love. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Gee. Uh, April 11th, 1993, this episode originally aired. Writer, Ellen L. Fogel. Director, Jerry Cohen. Special guest stars, David Boreanis as Frank. Kimberly Brooks as Salesgirl. Craig Benton as Usher. Nicholas Olsen as Lon. <laughs> Elena Strathros as Liz. <laughs> These names, man. Anahit Minasayan as Lil. I swear, they, they make them to make me look stupid. When they name their kids, they're like, we're going to do this because some idiot's going to try to say this on a podcast in 30 years. I'm telling you. <laughs> Phil Dominguez as Lex. Robin Robinson <laughs> as man. What a credit. Yeah. Uh, Kelly gets an unpleasant surprise when the family takes her to a movie on her birthday. I would like to say I'm happy to see that the Kelly that we all know and love is back on this episode. Uh, yes. Back to form. Yes. Very much so. Especially in the theater. Uh, what she's wearing, her hair, the fact that she's dating when she does the thing with the other guy and his girlfriend. Like, that's all very much classic Kelly, which I love and have missed so much. So that was uh, nice to see. It's Bundy Night of the Movies. You people have to keep your feet down. Go And love is in the air. Hello. And all new Married with Children. It all happens Sunday on Fox. 
So Al comes home with no neck. Yeah. Hi, honey. How was work? I didn't quite make it to work this morning, Peg. You may not have noticed since you were too busy sleeping. The city towed my car away again this morning. They keep thinking it's an abandoned car. Yeah. Why, Peg? It's a Dodge, Al. Anytime you see a Dodge, you think it's abandoned. Hey, by the way, where's your neck? Well, that's an amusing little side story, Peg. You see, when I got to the impound lot, I saw my car was in line for the wrecking ball. So I ran over and jumped in and tried to stop it. But I was too late. But I did get a free sunroof. Both for my car and my head. Al went to the impound lot and tried to stop a wrecking ball... And that's how his neck got like that. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, is that all that happened? <laughs> but on the bright side, he did get a free sunroof. In both the car and the head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Straighten me out, for God's sake, Peg. <laughs> Thanks, Peg. You got any aspirin? Oh, just two. <laughs> you know, your stories always give me such a headache. Peg pulls on Al's head, and you hear this crunching sound, which the audience really seems to love. <laughs> um, and then she takes the last of the aspirin. <laughs> that was horrible. Like, you're the worst, Peg. Like... <laughs> Like Al's just like uh, on the verge of like, like he's just going crazy with pain and she's just like nope. Yeah, and I love how it was conveniently right to the right of her too. Well, you know uh, that his stories always give her a headache. <laughs> right. Yeah, she needed them. She did. <laughs> it reminded me of uh, Married with Aliens when uh, he's in the bed next to her. Remember, he hit his head. He was complaining, and Peg says to him. God, it's just like when the car fell on you last winter. My legs, my legs. I can't feel my legs. I sure get He has no sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, well, uh, I guess I guess we'll get to this now. So Kelly's boyfriend, Frank, rides a motorcycle into the Bundy front door, pinning Marcy between the bike and the door. Now, before we get into this whole scene... Let's get to the guy who plays Kelly's boyfriend. What do you guys know this guy from? Because every time I see him... Angel? Buffy? Valentine? Um, Bones? <laughs> he said Valentine. Yeah, I don't think anybody knows him for Valentine but us. Bones? Um, yep. I don't like him, though. I've never been a David Boreanaz fan. What? Yeah, what any do you of mean, those. Jamie? Yeah. Hold on. Everything hold on. I just mentioned, I don't yeah. like him in. So, like, consequently, I never watched Angel. And Brian's like, Angel is so good. But, hold, on. But, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Forget what? Angel. Forget Angel. Let's go back a little bit. You're trying to tell me you didn't like him in the first couple seasons of Buffy? No. Jamie! I just don't like him. That concludes this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for coming up to the movies. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's shocking. 
That's one of my favorite character arcs ever. One of the best finales ever. Ever. I'm not a fan of him either, and every time I see him in something new, like, it really occurred to me with Bones, I was like, oh my god, him again? (laughs) I was like, isn't it too distracting? Like, isn't he one of those guys who, like, you cannot see him as anyone but that he's an actor? Just because he's so identified with other things that it, when it's him, it's just well, him he again. he never changes. He's had the same haircut for 30 years. Right. He <laughs> never changes his haircut. It's always, and it's always that uh, spiky thing. Well, Steven and I haven't changed our hair in years either. No. So there's <laughs> what <that>. hair? <laughs> exactly. Yes, but yours is timeless. <laughs> yeah, That's this true. guy's is dated. You know, Buffy's in my top ten television shows of all time, so that'll kind of give you an indication as to, you know, <laughs> how I feel about this guy. I think I think he's great. I think, yeah, he's definitely one note, especially, especially when Bones came on because that show is just basically repetitive procedural type things, and it ran for a long time. I don't know. I don't know exactly how long, but, man, that show – Ran for a long time. Add Angel and then Buffy on top of that. It's yeah, it's basically all been the same character. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, he doesn't have any range. Yeah, exactly. Except when he lost his soul and he became Angelus. You know who he reminds yeah, Angelus. You know who he reminds me of? Who's that dude Panalecki? Jared Panalecki? Yeah. From Supernatural. Natural, yeah. Yeah, he's another guy where it's just like why do you keep hiring him? <laughs> right? Like, why is he in more stuff? Like, you've seen what he could do. Right. You know, in seven minutes, because that's where he showed his range. Yet, we still keep hiring him. Like, this is a great idea. And, yeah, I don't know, but... Don't worry, he'll show up on Riverdale. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, goody. That's yeah. right in his wheelhouse. <laughs> and you will respect Supernatural for me, okay? It's one of my favorites of all time. <laughs> it is yeah. a fantastic show. Well, I'm, I really meant more about the Friday 13th remake anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yep, so this is this dude's first acting job. Oh, it is? Oh, wow. Yeah, he did some uncredited stuff like a parking attendant or whatever, but this is like his first real, yeah. You dead? Can I borrow your car? I gotta go through a rough part of town. I found if I turn my hat backwards and drive your car, even the gangs cut me a wide path. (laughs) Dodge says something very special about you. Oh, yeah. Says, damn right I failed. Um, so we get to this scene where Marcy's pinned against the door with the motorcycle. (laughs) Are you okay, Mrs. Darcy? Well, I was. Until I was swept up by this huge machine, which now knows me as few men have. <laughs> Do you mind backing it up a bit? Sure, mister. <laughs> Marcy, I saw what happened. I ran right over. Nice bike. <laughs> Aren't you going to ask me how I am? I asked you this morning. How many times a day do I have to ask you how you feel? I care, okay? Young man, do you have insurance? (laughs) Of course not. Insurance? (laughs) Oh, I suppose having insurance isn't cool anymore. Come on, Jefferson. 
I drove a moped in college. So I understand the outlaw mentality. But the next time you run over my wife, you better have insurance, Pally. Nice bike. Punk. I just, I just like when Angel called her sir. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Like that's just one of those jokes that they keep recycling that clearly never gets old and is like funnier every time you hear it. Once you got past all that, you know, and or ask me how I was, and that's when he says, "I asked you this morning, how else do I show you care?" I thought I loved that part. That part just killed for me. Right, that part was great, but then when he acts like he's upset about hitting Marcy and having no insurance, it's like, well, why do you care? What would upset you about the idea that he'd have no insurance after he hit her? There's nothing, right? Yeah, right. I assumed he was just saying that because of Marcy. I mean, because she was like, you didn't ask me how I am, but... Well, he already responded to that, though, by saying, I asked you this morning. I know, but I figure he was just trying to appease her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he he legit didn't know. Like, it was, was, well, Boreanaz didn't know (laughs) if it was a guy or a girl. So I would assume that uh, since Jefferson has mistaken her for a man as well or a young boy, (laughs) um, (laughs) that he wouldn't wouldn't notice either maybe till, till he got closer. Who knows? Well, Jefferson says he drove a moped in college, so he knows the outlaw mentality. (laughs) Why bring that up when you could talk about the motorcycle you had that you told us all about and heels on wheels and the wind whipped through your hair, giving you split ends and nodding it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Weird that you'd bring up the moped only. (laughs) So that's strange. That was only a couple episodes ago. You'd think somebody would say something about it, right? Where were you on that one, Jefferson? Yeah, come on. And, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like, come on, Ted, you're reading this script. When'd you go, uh, hey, guys, um, just so you know, like five episodes ago, I said I had a motorcycle. Do you think because, you know, he's such a con man and he's so full of it that he, <laughs> he, he lies a lot and then he forgets his own lies and maybe some of it's true and some of it isn't, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, uh, like I and I truly like I'm not like just saying that either. Jefferson seems like the type that would just bull his way through through ninety percent of it and have like a shred of truth right. in there. So you're saying maybe he was on the moped when the wind ripped through his hair and nodding it and giving him <sighs> a good end. Exactly, it's an exaggeration in this case. There you go. Right. It was probably yeah, yeah. It's probably a, it's probably a stroke. In his imagination, he was on a motorcycle. Right. <laughs> right. Ooh, wow. That. Yeah, he's a legend in his own mind. That hurts my heart. And because it's the only, it's the only thing that could explain why he didn't bring that up. Like, why wouldn't you brag about that in that situation? That that's a layup, you know? Right. Yeah. So we just put it together, and I'm trying. I, don't, I would wish we didn't do this. So. And let's let's be honest though we're not we're not talking to Jefferson like it's Jefferson's fault we're talking to the writers like you just wrote that in like you said a couple episodes you just did it it was <laughs> like, a big episode how hard yeah. is it and, and and here's the thing too and here's the the really bewildering part is the fact that they go back and make 
you know, minute references to things sometimes where you, where we're like, wow, our heads are blown. We're like, that's that's amazing. Right. But you can't go back, what, two, three episodes? <laughs> of your own show that you just wrote. You, know? you just did this. <laughs> so, uh, did you have a good time today? Yeah. I always have fun watching sausages being made. You know, I never knew how many fingers went into them. <laughs> Listen, uh... I wanted to take you out tomorrow because it's your birthday and all. Aww. And they say that jail hardens a man. <laughs> so according to episode three, Kelly's birthday is November 27th. The air date for this was April 11th. April. We're not even near November. So right. They're not even trying. To, they don't even care about stuff like that. Exactly. To put it bluntly. Oh, hi, Daddy. Do you remember Frank? I barely remember Bud. <laughs> now your boss called. You're late for work. Oops, I gotta run. Daddy, give Frank a kiss for me, okay? Of course, pumpkin. <laughs> Relax, Frank. I don't kiss anyone who doesn't cook for me. Ask the wife. <laughs> Sir, uh, I hope you don't mind I'm taking your daughter out tomorrow for her birthday. No kidding, it's her birthday? <laughs> well, what is she, 12? 30? <laughs> ah, who really cares? <laughs> take her someplace special wait a minute so he goes and tells al about this and i love when al's like oh you're gonna take her out for a birthday oh here hold on a second and he reaches into his pocket and then the guy puts his hand out like he's excited that al's gonna give throw him a few bucks to take kelly out for her birthday and he pulls out a handkerchief and blows his nose in it (laughs) (laughs) i gotta do that to somebody who is in a situation where I might give them money, and I go, oh, hold on a second, I'll reach into my pocket, dude. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Just pull out, like, an old garbage pail kit card. <laughs> yeah, hold on a second. You look like this garbage pail kid, I said. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny, man. Wow. That attractive young thug has shamed us. We forgot Kelly's birthday again. So? Mondays don't celebrate birthdays. Oh, sure, it causes irreparable emotional scars, but save a few bucks in presents. They don't celebrate birthdays. Uh, we're in season seven, and if I recall, the worst episode in history thus far <laughs> was Seven's birthday. Right, yeah. You know, and then there was Rites of Passage. That too. Yeah, the one you were on. Yeah. So I'm always on on the kids' birthdays, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right? And then, remember, her cups runneth over. That was Peg's birthday. Right. Yeah, oh. So oh, wow. They do celebrate birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> they do, on some level. So, yeah. Bud, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Luscious Hooters. <laughs> <laughs> No, I wasn't thinking that. I should have been. I was, I was thinking about your sister's birthday. And we're missing a grand opportunity here. I say we should ask to take Kelly out. She'll say she has plans and she'll actually think we care. Then we can just forget Kelly's birthday forever. Because if she complains, we'll say, well, we offered to take you out, but you broke our hearts when you turned us down. <laughs> But are you thinking what I'm thinking? Kelly's a sucker? No, I was thinking of Luscious Hooters. 
I moved on. Julie, come down here. Hurry up. Sweetheart, tomorrow is a very important day. It's my little girl's birthday. Congratulations, bud. I'm just kidding. I mean, who would care about his birthday? But I can't believe you guys remembered mine. Not only did we remember it, but we want to celebrate it by taking you to the movies, you know, with the family. Well, I have a date with Frank, and I really like him a lot. Oh, she's busy. <laughs> it's all right, honey. We understand. But I am going to cancel my date with him and go to the movies with you. I mean, you guys are like a family to me. <laughs> you know, it's kind of genius what they do, though. Using that as a, well, I asked. You guys ever do that to somebody? Inviting yes, them, absolutely. knowing damn well they can't come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many times I say, ask your parents, because they're not going to come, but we'll get credit for asking them. Right, right, yeah. right, right, exactly. Yeah, I told my mom to fly here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, come to Iowa. <laughs> I know she ain't, she ain't leaving Cape Cod. She ain't stepping a foot out of the house. <laughs> that way, to, in the future, when you have an argument, you could say, I invited you here like five times. You always say, no. <laughs> we made up the guest room for you. Right. The flaw with that is what we just see in the show is when they do <laughs> accept your invitation. Oh, just shut the lights off. Like yeah. it's 11 o'clock on Halloween. You know? or, or be like Jamie and camp out in your living room. When a guy's trying to move furniture in your house and you just don't answer the doorbell. That's right. That's right. She's on expert level with that stuff. <laughs> don't you dare accept my plans. <laughs> so the Bundys walk into the movie theater. Back then in 1993, the average cost of a movie ticket was $4.13. Oh. <sighs> I kill for that. Me too. <laughs> You know, you guys talked about this a couple of episodes ago, and I worked in a movie theater. And I could tell you a little bit on movies real quick, and that is movie theaters, you know, don't get much of the ticket sales. They would get more if the theater, if the movies were in the theaters for six weeks. That's six weeks. Then the movie theater gets a cut. Mm -hmm. And then if it's in there for three months, it even gets more of a cut. Mm Mm-hmm. So you see the problem now is it's going so fast to video, it's bypassing the theaters. And that's one of the reasons why costs are skyrocketing. Right. It is out of control. It's $20 a ticket now for me. Well, which is also yeah. why movie theaters char- have to charge so much for concession because that's, exactly. really that's the only place they get markup. Like they mm-hmm. they don't make anything off anything else. So, I mean, and, and I get it, but – it is ridiculous, and you well, know when I when I was working there, I think a small popcorn, of course, you know, was like a buck twenty five, and a large popcorn was a uh, two dollars. Jesus, did they have talkies yet? <laughs> <laughs> did they have talkies? That's great. <laughs> well, uh, that's always been one of those things, though, where yeah, like. <clears throat> Unfortunately, they don't make their money off the movies themselves, you know, but I think that now that people kind of realize that 
uh, you know, you, you do throw him something because I don't know about you guys, but I'm missing the movies right now. And I, I know exactly where where that money's going when I'm buying, you know, stupid amounts of candy that I don't need. And I could probably sneak in myself. Um, but but, you yeah. know, that it's going to the theater, you know, case in point, even um, uh, drive ins are doing that now. They're bringing them back where. Everything's done, you know, via credit card or whatever over an app so you can order everything so nobody touches anybody else and nobody gets near each other and all that. But what they're and they're showing the movies for free. So they're not making anything. It's a free movie, but they're just making money off of the concessions. And that's literally not different from any any other day for a movie theater, really. You know? Right. Yeah. So And that's why you see more commercials than in the trailers now. Right, exactly. Now, I would I would pay mo- extra money just so I could enjoy, you know, the experience because that's what it is and it's an experience from yeah. From the time you look up the 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 movie, what time it's playing, from the time you get out and you're talking about the movie or even podcasting after it, you know, it's the whole experience. So, I don't know, I think now more than ever people are realizing that and people are appreciating it. And yeah, while a lot of people bitch about the prices and stuff like that, hey man, that's that that's the name of the game. If you want that, then you got to pay that. I but miss it so miss it, much. Right? So much. Too. That's the that is the only thing I miss. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about going to restaurants. I don't care about going to bars. I don't care about hanging out right. with people in public because I don't like people anyway. So yeah, like, I, I heard you're really hurting with this whole isolation thing. Yeah, it's killing me. <laughs> I uh, Jimmy's like, I saw what? The only thing I miss is going to the movies, you know. And that's like a public event that you don't have to interact with anyone anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like it's funny. Like you're going out, but really you're like, well, I'm not paying attention to anyone I'm with or even the people that I went with. Right. You don't talk to either of them. So it's kind of like doing what we like to do anyway. When I knew things were different with the movie theater is when I went to see a movie one time and then I saw a car commercial. And I was like, huh, that's that's very odd. And then all of a sudden it became a normal part of my life every single time I went to the theater. You know, that's a really interesting point that you just made, and it made me think of something. So we have a – it's like a brew house type of deal, right? So they cook food there. Like it's a – they go all out, right? Um, They show less commercials, and that makes sense because they're making more money, like we said, off of people eating dinner there and stuff like that. So so that makes more sense. Do they serve alcohol up there? Oh, my. You you bet your ass they did, Stephen. So – AMC, on the other hand, though, they do none of that. You get no alcohol. Now, we know that if it <laughs> if a movie starts at 8.30, we can leave our house at 8.45, and we will still get there for about five to ten minutes of previews. That's how long they are now. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah it's weird, though, how different theaters show, show, you know, different lengths of them. Right. Uh, real quick, just to let you know if you ever, when Alex, if you ever go to a movie again, there's a limit on how many trailers they can have on there. Start counting. Once they get to seven previews of coming attractions, the previews are over. Oh, I don't think they ever go past seven, right? 
Then never go past seven. Yeah, because Dan, you're probably watch. You're probably you're taking so long because you're watching car commercials and phone <laughs> phone service commercials and. Yeah, we don't go anymore for that. We skip it all. We just get there late. It's worth it. Now you can reserve your seats. You don't have to do. You don't have to go on time anymore. Like you literally pick where you're sitting, and you always have to pick right behind the handicapped people in the front because then there's this big bar that you could put your feet on, and then there's no one in front of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because they're all in wheelchairs on the ground. Yeah, it's great. Right. Do that. <laughs> yep. And that's the best. I always sit real close. We have exactly. We have it like right in the front, so it's right near the door. First of all, uh, so you can get out to the bathroom, you know, for drinking pitchers of beer or we'll go way in the back, you know. Um, but the, but the last movie that I saw, though, and again, it was an at an AMC. So we showed up like 20 minutes late and we were still sitting there for a while. But we were the only people in there. And that was the day before all theaters shut down. Wow. Yeah. And it was the Ben Affleck movie the way back. <laughs> was it any good? <laughs> it was all right. It was. I mean, it's a it's a cheesy Ben Affleck, like updated Hoosiers type of deal. So it was it was all right. Was it better than Geely? Anything's better than Julie. I don't know, man. I have a I have a certain soft spot for that movie, or should I say a hard spot? I was gonna say that ain't soft. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they serve alcohol in theaters now. They'll look and right. you the movies better than what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, if you want to. Uh, you want to see a half hour of Ben Affleck sitting in the shower contemplating his life over shower beers? It's the movie for you. <laughs> well, in this show, the movies you see, there's there's posters that could be seen along the walls in this movie theater. Uh, you see El Mariachi, Groundhog Day, Last Action Hero with Arnold, Ani. Yes. And Sleepwalkers. Those are posters that you could see in this theater. And these are all films by uh, Columbia Pictures, who also produce Mare with Children through its television Ah, division. (laughs) And there it is, folks. (laughs) Which is interesting, because Last Action Hero wasn't released until the summer of 1993. Oh, so that really was like a coming attraction. Yeah, heads up. But I see that a lot, though. Uh, There are posters all the time that in the theater by me and it says you know coming six months from now yeah. dude it, there's been a wonder woman poster up for about a year now for the second wonder <laughs> Woman. <laughs> exactly i'm like is this coming out or what's going uh-huh. on so at the concession stand you see raisinettes good and fruity instead of good and plenty milk duds 18 movies in this cineplex and the only one not sold out is coffee cups for two Gee, I guess that must mean it's going to be real good. That's a pun on T for Two, which is a movie musical from 1950 or so. Um, The uh, screenplay was inspired by a 1925 stage musical, No, No, Nanette. (laughs) And uh, the, the plot was completely changed from the original book. If a movie is sold out real quick, uh, that means 95% of the seats have been sold. It's not, you know, that's considered a sellout. Yeah, so you could always have people sneak in. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Peg's obsession for junk food, particularly bonbons, comes into play here. She goes to the concession stand. (laughs) 
lordy. <laughs> wait a minute, Peg. Wait, we can't afford that. Americans <laughs> coming through. <laughs> bon bon. Peg, we're on a limited budget here. Bon bon. Peg, it's three times more expensive here than anywhere else. Bon bon. <laughs> bon bon. And I'm not There is a goof here. Because, uh, what happens exactly, Jamie? She starts putting the food down before they even say anything. Yeah. What, Peg gets out, what, and I'll have or something? She's like, and, and then the girl has two buckets of popcorn already placing them on the counter. (laughs) That'll be $100. (laughs) This girl working at this... The concession stand is a mathematician because she figured out that the food was exactly $100 in about 0.8 seconds. And it's exactly 100, <laughs> which I find weird too. Right. Yeah, no way. <laughs> it's like the Bundy's is always an even number. Usually it's 5,000 or 2,100. It's never anything in particular. We don't need Jamie to do this math either, but now you get two Cokes and two popcorns for $100. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Can you imagine what the price would be of what they bought then? Like, now? I literally had this experience, though, going in, where it's like, okay, I had a a gift card. I got got quite a few gift cards for my birthday to go to the movies. You know, like Jamie said, what, what are the... Best things to do, I think. I just, I love it. I love it so much. So I go in and, you know, it's in the middle of the day too. Dude, our tickets are dirt cheap. Dirt cheap. It was like, it was like maybe $11. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I still got like 40 bucks on this thing. I'm like, I I was just like so excited. Move move right over to the candy part and the popcorn and all that. Dude, I had like $4 left. (laughs) They have a brilliant idea to tell the girl to take the hot dog away. They don't need it. And while she's turned around putting the hot dog back, they eat all the crap right out of the boxes and the big greasy tubs, make a total mess, and the girl turns and looks at them in horror. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, now, Stephen Scott, would you let them get away with that? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> We went to a different theater to see Suspiria when it came out because it wasn't playing at the one near us. That movie was so long that I said, uh, and we were there like right around lunchtime. And I was like, well, I was like, let me go down to the concession stand. (laughs) I'll see if they have something more substantial, you know, that we can have for lunch while we're watching the movie rather than like popcorn. And they had hot dogs. $7 $7 a piece. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, That's worse than, like, a baseball game. I said, yes. no. I'm like, who is paying $7 for a hot dog? Like, that's she crazy. says, I said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. 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 Um, but this girl who worked at the stand in this episode, who looked at them in horror just now, uh, she had, she actually has a solid career. She um, has 28 credits, but, I mean, it's spanned out pretty evenly she is known for huff poetic justice hair show and the show martin Martin. Mm. yep she has a bit of a career so so this little boy sees the bundies do this you know they eat all this food within seconds 
and he is also just staring at them in horror. <laughs> so Al threatens the kid. He says, you ain't seen nothing. You hear me? You ain't seen nothing. <laughs> and he steals his lollipop in the process. <laughs> Pops is born. <laughs> <laughs> So Kelly is so happy to be out with her family. She really genuinely is happy about it. Thank you, family. This is the bestest birthday I ever had. She turns and sees Frank in the corner, the back corner of the movie theater with another babe. (laughs) Has this ever happened to you guys? Have you guys ever seen like an ex or somebody that you dated out with somebody else? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw an ex in the movie theater in 1998 with a walking in with another guy while I was walking out with another girl, and we just broke up like a month or two ago. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is awesome. Okay, yeah. Then what happened? I did the mature thing though. I was like, and I was only 18 years old, but I was like, "What's going on?" She's like, "Hi." Right. I was like, "All right," <laughs> you know, like it, just just a normal high and by, but. Well, then we, as we were walking, we went past, like, we were 20 feet. We both turned and looked at each other, you know, from the distance. <laughs> oh, man. And then the 90210 music played in the background. <laughs> yeah. It was like Dylan, Kelly, Brandon, you know, Valerie, and the whole, the whole thing going on. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I felt so bad for Kelly in this moment. What really is heartbreaking about those little moment here is that Kelly was so happy to be with her family and it was nice to see them well not that she knows but follow through with you know taking her even though they were kind of not going to and they're like yeah let's all do this and you know we're not gonna tell Kelly forget it now that she said yes and they all did and she was so happy to be with them and that's like a nice thing that we always like to see when they all dig each other you know and you go from that nice moment right to her heartbreak spotting her boyfriend in the back corner with another chick so that that that's kind of like a pretty um involved moment for a show like this so um but of course it only works if you're invested which we all are into kelly i can't believe he's here i am so upset well honey it's kind of a family thing we couldn't leave daddy home (laughs) look it's frank God, just because I broke a date with him, he's out with another girl. And he has that talking about his uncle's sausage look on his face. Now, don't worry, honey. You're going to have a great time. You're with your family. (laughs) Well, Dad, enough of this bonding. I got a captive audience here. I'm going to go bother me some girls. So uh, Bud's going to try his luck with the ladies <laughs> who are sitting alone in the movie theater because, you know, that can't go He's wrong. try his bad luck. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he walks up to one chick who's really hot, a blonde with like this green shirt. Her body was look- was rocking, you know, she was looking good. He he sits next to her and says, I'm your new I'm your new boyfriend. And she says, I'm your new ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and punches him and now i love this we get this effect where bud like gets launched across the theater a couple times <laughs> like jazz yeah yeah now what you should be appreciating that will go away is and the other thing they do is funny too but 
is that they actually have a guy, like a stunt guy, uh, I guess, jumping off a chair or whatever and, and flapping his arms and, you know, landing on the floor and stuff. Later on in the show, that will be replaced with them just throwing a dummy around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so appreciate this while you can. So then he goes to another girl instantly who happens to be sitting right behind the girl he just... So she saw this. And he sits next to her and he puts his arm around the girl. And then he goes airborne again across the theater uh, into the middle aisle. So this is great. And you hear, you know, the big the punching sound. Now he goes to this third girl who is by far the hottest of the three. And I thought the first one was hot. Did you, did you guys pick out who your hottest chick was or... I thought it was the first one. I did until the third. Uh, what about you guys? I thought the third one. Yeah. Hmm. I would say the first. Yay! I would say the first. Wow, it's a tie. I felt bad for the second girl too, though, because she's watching this whole thing go down <laughs> in front yeah. of her. Right. <laughs> like she's just sitting there watching it, and like, oh god, here he comes. Yeah, now it's my turn. Yeah, exactly. And then he just got launched again yeah. with a stunt double bonded yeah. <laughs> of the dummy. This third one, now, it's a super hot chick. He's talking to her, and then her boyfriend comes over with the most bizarre haircut I've ever seen on a human being. It, it was like the shaved high and tight, and the top had about two and a half to three inches of hair that just stood straight up on this guy's head. Yeah, right? <laughs> but I'm not saying anything to him. You could say something. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> hey, I was just jealous he had hair. So. <laughs> right? That's, what I, that's truly what I was thinking inside. <laughs> yeah, not everybody can have cool hair like me. <sighs> it's all right, though. The guy's built. I wonder if Dan and I could get better gas mileage in a convertible. <laughs> I feel like we could. I really do. Yeah. Well, the wind wouldn't give you split ends. Ah, no, that is true. Oh, but your head would be chapped all the time. <laughs> you get wind burn. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Never thought about that. And we sit around rubbing chapstick all over the top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> I do that for fun anyways. So this guy doesn't even notice Bud. He sits right on top of him, and he thinks he's sitting on something lumpy, like a milk dud. <laughs> a milk bud. <laughs> Somebody's got to make that image, like a milk dud box with Bud's head sticking out of like the open part. I'll get Neil on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At least Bud never gives up. No, he really, yeah, he he is pretty tenacious. Like... Here's my, and I know we haven't gotten there yet, but this is the third incident, uh, not only with Bud, just in terms of the theater in general, uh, plus what Al goes through in a minute. Between all of that, how does David Boreanaz not see Kelly with all this commotion <laughs> going on down there? Yeah, Don't right? you think that their eyes would be, be directed towards that general area at some point? <laughs> Oh, dude, I have a whole thing about that, like how no one has a reaction to what Al bludgeons a guy right in the movie theater. Yeah. Like, what the hell are we watching here? And right. he takes right. popcorn. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, they're probably afraid because he beat up that one guy. So, like, I ain't saying nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just keep it moving. Yep. So the guy gets up and reaches behind his back to grab 
bud slash milk dud and throws him airborne across the theater. (laughs) (laughs) Just great. Again, you would think Angel would notice that. You would think because he was sitting in his section now down in front. Now, right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. He uh, Bud gives up and goes back to playing the the box that the snacks came in (laughs) with Al. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? What has anybody ever done that? I don't. I, I missed that. Yeah. Playing candy box. Yeah. That is a thing? Because I've literally never seen that ever before in my life. Oh, yeah. Dealt with it a lot. Yeah, you can get it to make that noise. Yep, definitely. (laughs) And, you know, you you do it, and then it's like it loses its luster in about, like, you know, 90 seconds, if that. And you're like, okay, let's stop. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just fun to make it happen, and that's about it. (laughs) You people have to keep your feet down. Go, Chase! Thank you for your cooperation. Ladies and gentlemen, our theaters are participating in a Send a Kid to the Movies program. An usher will be collecting at the end of this feature. Thank you. (laughs) And then we get to the part Dan is talking about where a man is sitting behind them and he leans over and tells them to shut up. The movie's going to start. Hey, the movie's starting. Shut up. Save my seat, Peg. <laughs> so Al climbs over the seat and socks the crap out of this dude with lefts and rights. He literally punched him five times and <laughs> took his popcorn. And the guy is sitting there, like, literally in need of medical attention. And not a single person in the theater bats an eye at this. It was like when uh, when when everybody's stabbing that girl in, in scary movie, <laughs> and they just then they just keep cutting her up and nobody cares. I got several questions actually. One, Stephen Scott, were you ever that guy collecting the money in the front? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was that like the worst experience ever? <laughs> I never knew who it would be worse for those people up front asking for the money or somebody like me who doesn't give the money. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. <laughs> well, see, and that was it. I always said, if you feel like you can't give, that's understandable. Uh, right. Just think about it, hopefully in the future, you know, so there's no, you know, there's no, nothing on, on them. Kind of like how a respectable minister asked for, would ask for, you know, if you can give some now, that's great. If you can only give us in prayer, that's fine. You know, as opposed to the ones on TV who are telling you to donate more and God will give you more. Hmm. Joel Olstein. Right. Yeah. Do- <laughs> donate some more. My garage door isn't opening. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, that's wild. So what were your other questions about this incident, Dan? So, okay. So here's my other one. Now... Um, when Jamie Sammons walks in, you know how they give those sashes to hall monitors? They give Jamie the same one when she goes to watch a movie. So I was wondering how Jamie <laughs> when all this is going on. When because because obviously we love the Bundys, but in this episode they represent everything that us moviegoers, you know, hate for people like this. So what, did you have mixed emotions during the scene? Because because usually you would side with the Bundys, but I'm assuming in this instance you did not 
Oh, man, you better believe it was killing me watching him. First of all, just all the talking in the beginning. But I don't usually say anything. Like, I don't get worried until after the movie starts. Like, I don't right. care what people do right. before the movie That's starts. So when the guy's like, the movie's starting. And I'm like, well, oh, has it really? <laughs> but then it just, like, they're constantly. I mean, and it wasn't just them. Like, people mm-hmm. all over the theater were up and down and moving around. And I'm like, I would kill somebody. Right. Like, yeah, if you're in a theater with me, you were going to sit your butt in that seat and you're going to be quiet and you're going to watch the movie or I would be your mom. <laughs> don't, pull, don't pull out your phone. She's got a laser. Don't pleasure. do it. Like. <laughs> Not do Jamie, what did you do to those one kids when you turned around? You said show some respect or something. It was when we went to it was when The Exorcist was re-released in theaters and this guy was there with his son trying to show his son the exorcist and at the end the kid was like well that was boring and i just turned around and i was like show some respect oh my god you're that lady and his dad was like yeah (laughs) that's amazing and he agreed with you wow but i um i've i throw things if people talk during movies i you will get hit I uh, I have a laser pointer. If you bring out your phone, I'm right on your phone with the laser When I went to go see um, uh, Scott Pilgrim, there were these two guys behind us, and they were just laughing and giggling through the whole thing, and and they were so high. But anyway, so I, I turned around a few minutes in, and I was like, are you high? And they're like, no, ma'am. And I said, well, then you should have the presence of mind to shut the fuck <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, and they were like, okay. And then they, they didn't say a word for the rest of the time. You should have the presence of mind. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's great. And they did. Yeah, they oh, checked themselves after yeah. that. Oh, in the I, case you're wondering, yes, I did break up a fight in a movie theater one time. Oh. Ooh, did you get socked in the process? Yeah, I did. But uh, they were actually coming out, and they came out of Rambo, too. Maybe they were inspired. I don't know. That's what it was. Exactly. (laughs) Rambo, too. But we called security. It turned out the guy was hitting on this other guy's wife. Oh. Was it Bud? No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, and uh, not in the fighting aspect, but I've been on the other side of it. When I saw It Chapter 2 for the second time— like that opener is so ruthless. If you remember the part I'm talking oh, about, the too. gay bashing, yeah, yeah, like right after that, yeah, when when Pennywise gets him in the river, there, um, it's exciting. So I tend to yell when that happens. Nothing obnoxious, like I just oh, you know, something like that. This guy next to us, t- now tell me whose side you guys take, mine or this random guy who you've never met before? Um, no, <laughs> well, we'll surely take yours, but go ahead. <laughs> well, this guy, like, he literally called the theater people and they went up, took his note, you know, because it's a it's a dine in movie theater. So usually you tell people what you want to eat. And he snitched on me and he said we were being loud. So they so they gave us a card thing saying, please be quiet. You know, uh, it, you know, this is this is your first warning. So I crumpled it up and threw it at his head. <laughs> well, I always found it weird that they serve like they serve the loudest food there is to eat on earth yeah. in a movie theater. Right. I always found that fascinating. Like why is popcorn the food of choice when you're trying to pay attention to a movie and all you hear is <laughs> <laughs> like I always right. thought that was the weirdest thing, but whatever. 
And now, our feature presentation. Mom, did this ever happen to you when you dated? Uh, yes. Once. I was out with your dad, and we saw this really cool boy that I was dating out with another girl. So I had your daddy beat him up. <laughs> you know, that's what I love about your dad. He's like a big, stupid guard dog. He didn't even ask why he was beating the guy up. He just loved it so. <laughs> Honey, men are to be ignored. Just pretend you're married to this guy. You won't care what he does. Well, it's not so easy. I mean, I wear my heart on my sleeves. Well, now, Jamie, you, you wear a a sash when you're in the movie theater, but do you wear your heart on your sleeves? Because <laughs> <laughs> Kelly does. Oh, did she say sleeves? Yes. Because I was trying to figure out what was funny because I thought she said my heart on my sleeves. And even though it's typically my heart on my sleeve, I'm like, that surely wouldn't be the joke. Um, because, you know, who cares if you pluralize it? But that never I didn't rewind it to check. So thank you for clearing that up because I was trying to figure out why that was funny. Oh, that's what I do. Daddy, what makes men cheat on women? Women. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty uh, easy answer, right? So Al's right. Ah, pumpkin, don't take it personally. See, men are different. Er, loners, rogues. Great white hunters roaming wild and free like our ancestors, the mighty monkey. And I'm like, how does Al know what's happening? Al has no idea that her boyfriend's back in the back corner with another girl because Kelly just talked to Peg about this. Right. Al and Bud were playing those boxes like instruments and everything. And <laughs> yeah, he was very preoccupied, yeah. <laughs> right, like, how does he know what's happening here? I thought that was the strangest thing. That's a good point. I, I didn't realize that. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I missed something. Al says he, you know, he does one of his uh, speeches like he does on the couch a lot. We need variety. In fact, women like us that way. They want us to be that way. M women don't respect men unless they cheat. That's why your mother doesn't respect me. Now, <laughs> that's the most bizarre line I've ever, like. I was even thinking to the guy who wrote the line, like, what was he thinking? When he wrote that line, or uh, that was no, that was Ellen L. Fogel, one of our favorites. Yeah, didn't so. he say something like, That's why your mother doesn't respect me? Yeah, so here's what I was thinking there is a logic to this, and the only logic is now, Jamie, do you find it more, I don't say attractive, or do you look up to a guy more or respect him more if you know he has other options that he could be with other women? But he chooses you, and what I mean by that is, if you're dating a guy, do you, do you eventually find him pathetic that he's with you and you know he can't get anyone else? But like, but but that would be insulting well, no. you. No, what kind of what kind of opinion do you think I have of myself? Right, right. No, he's lucky well, yeah. to be with me. Right, like, and that's that is always the way I look at it. Yeah, I, I called myself as I was asking that because that obviously would be, you know, be something against you. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess like if a woman has nothing, yeah, it would be about her low opinion if she looked at a guy and goes, oh, he's pathetic. No girl would talk to him. And it's like, well, you're with him. <laughs> so, so you really can't put a guy down for things like that. So 
Yeah, I don't know. It's a hard thing to wrap my head around trying to like make this logical. It's also well, though not just having options though. They're talking about cheating, right? So there's there's a big there's a big difference of wanting something because a lot of couples, you know, talk about that kind of stuff. Like like, oh, does that chick have a nice ass or whatever? You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. But when you get into cheating type of stuff, what I equated that line to was was the whole thing where, you know, some people just like being treated like crap, like they are attracted to that. So, you know, these scumbags that are fresh out of jail and got nothing for nothing going on for them and, you know, asking people to bum smokes outside and, and stuff like that, like those type of people. I don't know. There's a there's a breed of people in this world, and it's a it's a large number, I would say too, that are attracted to that to those type of things, you know. And it's weird. I they're like the endless martyrs, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it's like I can see like maybe being younger when a girl was like with another guy or something. It's like oh wow, like you know, but but. As I get older and I realize what reality truly is, like, no, none of that factors in. And, and if you, you're a scumbag, like, like what? Like, like it, it, it's for me. It's easy to do something like that. If you want to cheat this day and age, guess what? It's it's one swipe away. It's literally get on your phone and you can do it. Uh, you know, and so there's always gonna be that option. Probably now more than ever. Absolutely. I hear that a lot. Absolutely. So Kelly's never been cheated on before. So that's a good thing. Um, But how many times has she gone out with another girl's boyfriend? Yeah. Kelly has no sympathy for the girl in her current position. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because she has, yeah, dated plenty of girls' boyfriends. Um, Even in that slumber party that you heard how incestuous that was. Mm-hmm. You know, they all were cheating on each other, so. But honey, if it'll make you feel any better, booby, I saw a booby. <laughs> Al, that is a forehead with a zit on it. Put on your glasses. God, this is too much. I'm going to go get some more popcorn and complain to the manager there's not enough hooters in this otherwise undistinguished film. <laughs> I've never been cheated on before. Mom, am I losing it? Oh, no, honey. You don't lose it till you're like 50 or 60. I mean, look at me. I am getting sexier and, yes, classier every year. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite girl has proven that at 50, as me and Jamie have talked about. Now, Jamie, uh, we also talked about how long... My chick can be hot. Now, do you think that at 60, (laughs) do you think at 60, you could still be a hot chick? Oh, for sure. I mean, look at Helen Mirren. I think Helen Mirren is incredible. Like, she's gorgeous to me. And she's way up there. But, I mean, I think it's all about how you carry yourself. You know, if you, whether or not you take care of yourself and like JLo, for instance, she's 50 now, but I think she's still going to be just as gorgeous when she's 60. She clearly like takes in, care in, of herself in 10 years. Yeah. She'll, she'll look like she may be aged six months. <laughs> wow. That's great. <laughs> or Jennifer Aniston. She's like in her fifties, I think. 
Yeah. yeah. And she right. uh, she looks great too. So Yeah, she's doing the same thing. They're they're holding on. We were just talking about her on the Leprechaun franchise. I mean, listen, yeah, I, I got a list here. You got like Marissa Tomei. She's still got it going on as the hot Aunt May now. Um, Terry Hatcher, Morgan Fairchild, Julianne Moore, Monica Bellucci, Selma Hayek. Oh, God. Like Elizabeth Hurley? Come on. I mean, who else? You know? Don't forget Lisa Emery, who plays Darlene Snell on Ozark. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Vera oh, Farmiga. No. <laughs> oh, Vera Farmiga. Uh, funny enough, Laura Linney. From Ozark, yeah, you know, yeah. but oh my god, I can't believe you just said that name, though. dude. I That's cannot that. believe that the actor uh, Charlie Tahan, or who plays Wyatt Langmore, I cannot believe he has to hook up with this chick in that show. Oh, oh wait, am I giving spoilers away? Maybe I shouldn't say anything. That'll spoil your dinner, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay, I won't say nothing I else. I think but. you guys are forgetting about Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal. I mean, she looks like a million bucks. I mean. When I was watch going through uh, Sons of Anarchy, I kept I cannot get over how sexy she was. Wow, look at you, man! There's yeah. definitely a lot, you know. I mean, there's there's definitely Diane Lane. And um, you know, we talk about celebrities. I could think of people I know, uh, women I know, who are in their fifties and sixties who are still looking beautiful. Oh yeah, that happens. Weird, weird. I don't know where that came from that we had to be haggard when we got that old, but. Oh, it's just a typical thought. When you get older, you know. Listen, people fall apart in their 30s, so I don't think that uh, it's a, a rare thing to think that in your 50s you're not going to be holding on to anything. Well, I, I think the point was made, though, how well you take care of yourself over the years as well. And I've seen people in their 30s. That look like they're like they're oh, in yeah, their fifties, just because oh, yeah. just because the amount of of crap that they've put in their bodies, and you can oh, tell yeah. they had some rough years for sure. For or sure, or a lot of time in the sun. That will. I, that, that I will was like, it. no, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. Yep. Yeah. I can't be losing it. I got to see something. Well, Kelly walks up to a couple and sits down and says, "Would you leave her for me?" Excuse me. Would you leave her for me? You bet. <laughs> Thanks. Well, that helped a little bit. Thanks, and gets up and leaves him. <laughs> so the dude is now left there with nothing. That's what he gets. Yeah, that is insane. Like, I wonder... You know, he's not really even feeling this relationship, and how, mu- how many times that would he... Like, it's such a crazy scenario to see, but I could totally believe that happening. Mm-hmm. Bud looks up dresses by faking that he's dropping his box of raisinets, and then, uh, so the a little bit of trivia, the, the guy who steps on Bud's hand here is Norris. Oh, wow. The dude who always plays Norris, um, he can be seen sitting behind Alan Bud throughout the entire episode. Wow. Now, so the the guy that um that Al beat up there, you can see him in the back when they walk out too. He's laying 
he's laying down still. <laughs> like they really committed to that. Like they didn't they didn't move him at all. Yeah, there was definitely that guy stayed there for the duration. <laughs> they could have put a dummy there, we wouldn't have known, you know? You could have, instead of having the poor actor lay there like that. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Al after complaining about the lack of hooters in his movie, walks into the wrong theater. Not to change the subject from men, but where's your father? Hey, kids! Where the hell are you? So, he walks over and sits next to a chick who has hair like Peg. Well, I complained to the stupid manager about the lack of hooters in this film. <laughs> you know, Peg, you're looking good in this dim light. Remember what we used to do at the movies? And then honks her hooters in the theater. Okay, yeah. That is insane. Right? Well, it's insane. First of all, on her part, like, why wouldn't she say something while he's talking to her beforehand? Because clearly she does. She She looked like Peg in the dark. Like, you can't blame Al for that. But at the same time, then he goes against his character and all of a sudden Al wants to get frisky with Peg. What's well, not his wife? Well, right, but he didn't know that. Meanwhile, we just had an episode, like one, well, one episode ago, where Al stated that he does love Peg's Hooters. It's her he has a problem with. That's what I'm saying. So in that moment, because she wasn't talking and I, yeah, I <laughs> her personality wasn't shining through, nothing was in silence. That was perfect. Yeah. Oh well, man. So, um, so Al claimed that. Every other movie was sold out earlier in this episode, yet the theater he walked into, which was the wrong theater and obviously a different movie, there were plenty of seats. Ooh, good catch. Yep, plenty of empty seats for anyone to sit in, even though it should have been packed. Uh, That's probably just a problem with getting extras, which at this point of the show, I I don't think that'd be a problem. (laughs) Hey, help me! Oh my gosh, I think I see a booby. Peg! Wait, I'll be over in a minute. I think I'm seeing Hooters here. I am seeing Hooters here. All the guys from Peg's Theater get up in droves and walk over to the theater that Al's in. How amazing is that visual? That's great. Yep, they they all want to feast their eyes on some Hooters, so they all get up and leave because there's nothing going on with this two coffee cups thing movie or whatever. Right. So so they come back 45 minutes later. That was a beautiful, lovely movie. (laughs) I saw 22 Hooters. A bunch of guys were killed. Had no story at all. (laughs) It had everything. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Exactly. <laughs> Jefferson is making out with a blonde in towards the back of the theater. Uh, Kelly notices him. Like God, what does every single character of this universe show up to this one theater this one night to watch this one movie? They always end up in the same place. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like, why would Kelly's boyfriend be seeing two coffee cups? <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Well, I, I don't think his intention was to probably watch the movie, you know? Yeah. No. Well, that's what you do. You take him to a horrible movie, so it's all about you and the chick. Right. Well, it, there's always that that thing where they say, bring a girl to a horror movie, she'll be scared or whatever. And it never seemed to work out that way where they cuddle up to you. It's always just like they get freaked out. And they're like, why do you like this stuff? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's more that you're a creep rather than going to you for protection. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I dated girls before where it was just that was the situation. And it was just like, yep, not for me. Yeah. I was going to say that helps you weed them out then. That's you know? it. No, that's yeah. what. That's exactly what it was until I met Lacey Wu and I'm like, oh, wow. Now she's dragging me to all these movies that I would have never seen. Now he's getting freaked out. He's like, well, you like this? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, this is hardcore. <laughs> What's it called? Serbian what? <laughs> What's that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Jefferson's making out with his blonde in the theater. Kelly goes to confront him. Oh, my God. It's Mr. Darcy. What, is everybody cheating on everybody? You know, I have got half a mind to give him half a half on my mind. <laughs> you, neighbor boy. How dare you cheat on your miserable, flat-chested, aged, skinny little wife with this obvious slatter? I mean, look at her. That hair, that slutty dress. Well, the dress is okay. <laughs> Go away, you idiot! Oh, I see. You guys are role-playing. She said all this stuff right in front of Marcy uh, unknowingly because they're actually role-playing, and it's Marcy under the blonde wig and the black dress. Meanwhile, the it's a double joke here because Marcy is dressed to look exactly like Kelly in this whole get-up, and... Kelly thinks it's trampy and all that stuff too, and then she's like, "Oh, well, you know, actually, the Same dress is." Dress. <laughs> hey, mom, dad, the Darcys are role playing to get themselves hot. <laughs> Ergo, Jefferson making out with Kelly gets him hot or gets Marcy hot because literally she's playing Kelly. I didn't even consider that. Right? Like, wow. That he might secretly fantasize about Kelly. I, I, yeah, I, I'm actually sure. surprised that he doesn't hit on her more blatantly, like in front of everybody. Like, what's stopping him? What, well, him and Al's friendship? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. I remember when, when Jefferson first came over to look for his wife, he thought Kelly was his wife. Yeah, and he was like, all right. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a latter episode that's coming up in a few years where he and Kelly do a commercial together. Oh, okay. Coffee commercial. There's a lot of insinuation there. Even when he taught her to play pool and stuff back in the day, it's like it never it never reached that point. And I always thought, huh, I wonder why. There's probably a reason for that, obviously. But, like, now is this a thing? Do couples do this? Like, is it like yeah. I know. I- well, Marcy and Steve used to do it. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. I mean, I've, I've never heard of that before. That's wild. Well, just think, Marcy does it with both of her husbands, so that basically shows you that they have to fantasize that she's anyone but herself. Well, when they <laughs> went on, when they went on a little trip abroad, I think that if to, if the answer is, are they freaky? I think it was answered then. Oh, in England, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. <laughs> exactly. Oh, definitely. 
Well, in season 11, the Darcys will role play as Alan Pegg in The Jugs Have Left the Building. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, they do. They do. They have quite a bit of variety in their uh, thing there. Yeah, what's funny is we don't have to do it now because I change my hair color so often that (laughs) that he doesn't even know. (laughs) It's constantly like he's with a different woman. (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't. So we hear all their inner thoughts. How am I supposed to score sitting with my parents? I mean, I'm a cool guy and nobody knows it because I'm with my parents. Next time, I'm going to sit alone. Yeah. Babes can't resist a guy who sits alone at the movies. Maybe I'll wear a raincoat. (laughs) This is a reference to maybe Paul Rubens, you know, Pee Wee Herman who sat alone in the theater in 1991 and he was arrested for indecent exposure as an adult in Sarasota, Florida. A porn theater. (laughs) Yeah, a porn theater with a raincoat on. I don't know what they expected to find him doing in a porn theater besides that. I don't know why everyone was so surprised by that. What do you think goes on there? Like, Right. Yeah, pee-wee. And what's weird is in his interview in Playboy magazine, when they interviewed him about that, he contests that it was all fabricated because they the witness claims he was using his, I don't know, right hand or something, and he is left-handed. So that's how he claims that it's all made-up nonsense. Meanwhile, I'm like, well, you just gave yourself a stranger, that's all. <laughs> Without sitting on it, you just wanted that new, fresh, awkward experience. You, you, there's nothing to do with uh, you did not doing it, right? <laughs> How long is this thing? <laughs> she loves him. He loves her. I can't take it. <laughs> I'm gonna run amok and start dismembering everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start with her. Gee, this film has really touched Al. I see a tear in his eye. I think I actually may get some tonight. Thank you, Cosmo. You really do know men. Cosmopolitan recommended that women take their men to go see uh what was it uh, a t for two <laughs> they recommended that and that's how that'll turn your man on to go get some meanwhile there's no hooters in this movie nothing no sexual content that we could uh get out of any of the dialogue here so i like the way my hair tastes tonight <laughs> <laughs> i love that just out of nowhere no no context just here's a dumb kelly line <laughs> loved it So Kelly decides to confront her boyfriend out in the back corner of the theater. She walks over to him. I can't take this anymore. It's like Chinese waiter torture. (laughs) Hello, Frank. Kelly. Oh, uh, it's not what you think. You see, uh, I was planning on using her dentist and I was just checking out his work. Yeah, well, I might have bought that if I didn't know that you already see an excellent dentist. Which is probably the worst thing I ever heard. You know, the only worst uh, line I've ever heard somebody give when they were caught cheating is when Dennis Rodman was caught cheating on Carmen Electra. 
and you know she walked into the hotel and this was at on their wedding like the honeymoon <laughs> really yeah Carmen Electra walked into the hotel room and he was in bed with another woman wow and then she says what is this and he said oh baby she fell out of the ceiling bitch <laughs> I swear to god is that what he was he said she fell out of the ceiling that's why she was in the bed with him and did Carmen Electra believe that no, they were divorced shortly after. They were they got an annulment. Now, you guys, uh, if you're uh, Dennis Rodman fans, uh, be sure to check out ESPN. They're doing this whole big thing on the Chicago Bulls and Jordan and all this stuff. And it was supposed to come out this summer in June, I believe. And it was pushed to April because they felt bad that people have nothing to do right now. So they moved the whole documentary up, to, I think, to April uh, 12th or something. So look that up if you're a big fan. Yeah, a lot of the focus is on things being pushed back, but there are things being uh, being moved up too, which is kind of cool to see. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, Cooper Kai, damn it! Oh, dude, don't even get me started on that. We don't even have a date. I know, I know. It, we're like we're, we're like Bud. We don't even have a date. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's messed up. It's already filmed, and the same with the new Halloween movie. And I hope that someone's working on this stuff at home on their computer, man. See, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, if you're uh, unless uh, the only other thing is if they have reshoots. If not, then they should be able to edit from home, like you said. Yeah. But you know, it's okay. I mean, at first I was hurt to see you with someone else, but after all, I canceled the date. It's my birthday, and it is time to handle my life maturely. I just want to let you know that I understand what happened, and it's okay. Now, Dan and Jamie are a little less familiar with this episode. So when Kelly said all that and she walked away saying, you know, she's going to be a mature adult and all that kind of stuff. Did you two believe her at that moment that she was really okay with this and that that was the end? Uh, no. <laughs> nope. No, because I actually knew that Al beat him up. So. Oh, you did know that. Oh, okay. Good. <sighs> Daddy beat him up. Of course, Bob. <laughs> so this is pretty epic, and even casual viewers of the show will remember that scene of Al doing that, even if they don't remember the rest of the episode. That's exactly what happened to Jamie. So Al goes over... Just beats the crap out of, out of this guy, and it's amazing to see him. He's he's just continuously pummeling him. His girl got up and ran away. Um, and then after Al's done, he walks back over. Like, and by the way, again, no reaction from it. No one's horrified by this. That that a forty-something-year-old man is beating up a, a you know a twenty-year-old boy. That's why cable will never replace the movie going experience. We it's so funny that we're all experiencing this now. Like he's saying that. He's like speaking to the future 30 years from now to say, "Hey guys, although you're ordering all these new movies on Voodoo or whatever, you know, thing you choose to do it on and see movies from the theater at home today, you can't beat the movie going experience." So be sure to stop doing that once this is all over with and go back and support your local theater. That's what I was really saying, if you didn't know. 
93 was actually one of the last really, really, really good years for movies that where the box office returns were really high. Right. I, I will say one thing. I think studios are making more generic movies now. Even action movies are generic. Well, now all they make is Marvel movies, which are all the same. So, you know, and even I'm getting tired of that. And I like those Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I can't watch them anymore. They're so, ugh, they're mind-numbingly boring at this point because it's all the same thing. There's nothing fresh. It was cool when it was fresh and new, and it was exciting to see. Oh my god, look what they're doing! But now it's just, oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, but then you got like Endgame where they completely have fun with it and incorporate yeah. like time travel and all this good stuff. Where I agree, dude. Captain Marvel, even Black Panther, all these movies are just like, oh, it's it's, it's nauseating. I agree. Yeah, but then they they put twists on on certain ones and and definitely beef them up. But listen, I think that that they've been making tons of crap movies for years now, for years. Yeah. Right. Well, have you guys seen the end credits for this one uh, in its original run? No. I thought so. I know that they're supposedly that they point out names and... It's totally different. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, so on Hulu and DVD, it's just a still frame of them sitting there with the credits rolling over it. Like always. Like always, right. Now, well, except for the... um. The last one we just saw where Kelly ordered a cheeseburger or was waiting for a cheeseburger in the courtroom. <laughs> yeah. That was a callback to the Three Stooges. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, in the original uh, run, they are sitting in the theater and they're um, commenting as as the credits roll. So, well, they're commenting on the credits, actually. Oh, that's great. Really? That's cool. Yes. Huh. Kelly's like, oh, Richard and Prada, he's supposed to be great. And then Al says, Sam W. Orinder, associate director, sounds like a cartoon lizard. And then Peg <laughs> says, <laughs> Peg says, hey, Richard Draney, who's a stage manager, he's legendary. And then Bud says, Kitty Rourke, she's a production associate. And Thomas W. Markle, who is the director of photography, uh, Meghan Markle's dad, I guess. I heard they're secretly married. And then Al says, Hey, look at that thing go. Mike Seaman, property... <laughs> Who's the property master? My man. Whoa, here comes the Columbia logo. And then they all go, Boo! <laughs> That's I do though. not remember that. I have it on DVD. I'm going to have to watch it on that one again. I watched it on Hulu. Oh, no, no, it's not on DVD. It was only in the, the run. The original run, I, I guess, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, okay. Now, I remember that, though. Wow. I do remember that in my original run. That was, it's just great to read that back, because, yeah, you haven't seen that in uh, 27 years. Getting a little mad. Well, when they show it on syndication, does it, do they still do that part? That I do not know. Maybe. I don't Mm. think so. Yeah, because also they have to cut them up for syndication anyway. I guarantee, though, if it was, if it was still played back like that, somebody would have grabbed it and put it on YouTube by this point. You know, I I love how you said that, though, because it reminds me of the Treehouse of Horror that the Simpsons do when they change the names. It's not like them calling it out. But do you know what I mean? It's like it's having fun with those credits. That's always one of my favorite parts where I'll uh, 
you know, I'll have to go back sometimes and even make sure I read them all because they're hilarious. It just adds to it. Yeah. And then there was a Homer Simpson. Uh, I think it was when he coached Bart's football team and he cut everybody and the credits are running and Homer decides to cut all these people in the credits. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Ah, let's rate this. This bad boy, you know, we're in the theater still. No one else is allowed in here, but we snuck in to do this show because we are committed, just like when we were on that pirate ship for Peggy and the Pirates. We are going all out, man, uh, this season. We know <laughs> we just really want to bring the show to life. So, guys, how many times is Bud Airborne going flying across the movie theater out of five for this episode, Dan? All right, so initially... I rated this episode really high, but the more you pointed certain things out, I, I can't rate it that high. No, I'm just kidding. This episode is hands <laughs> down a five. Hands down. Even even with everything everybody mentioned, again, uh, how it factors into our ratings of these episodes, well, it, they don't anymore. Um, pure enjoyment from from beginning to end. You know, I thought the set... As a movie theater, it's one of the most, you know, probably simple setups. It's just a bunch of chairs, right? Uh, easy enough. But I find movies that surround anything to do with movie theaters or drive-ins so engaging. Like, I love it. I was so excited for this episode. So excited. Didn't know uh, David Boreanaz was in it. So that just sent me through the roof. I was like, that is so cool. And then you just told me it's his first acting role. That's even cooler. Great. Um, But yeah, everything in this and, you know, even the way they worked in um, obviously Jefferson and Marcy and that whole thing. um, I I just thought that, man, this episode was over so quickly. It felt like I was watching it for like 10 minutes (laughs) as opposed to the 22. It was so great. There was there was a lot going on, but it was it was contained enough. It didn't feel like it was ever off the rails. It was just it was on point on so many different levels that in my head, in my head, this is quintessential married with children. And then you get that line at the end. Come on. I mean, I I knew that too. I was so happy. I was like, I know that line. I was like, that's classic. So more so than any other episode that we've reviewed. Um, I, I, this is probably my favorite. Wow. Really? Yep. Hands down. I will be shocked if something comes along and tops this. Wow. You know, and I know you were joking, but it wasn't my intention in pointing out any of these like missteps in this episode. It's never my intention to point that out to make anyone like anything any less. It's just talking points that, you know, we You know that wouldn't hurt it for me anyways. I was just saying like right. <laughs> it, you, you gotta you gotta acknowledge that certain things just don't make sense in this show, but you also have to acknowledge that in terms of us in general and how we think of these episodes, it never factors in. It rarely ever factors in. We have pointed out like, you know, eight to twelve things wrong in an episode and still gave it a five. Yep. I got to say, though, yeah, hands down my favorite episode of this entire series so far. Wow, that's awesome. So Dan's holy grail so far of Marrow Children is the movie show. Wow. And that makes sense with you, though. It really does. I don't think that's hard to believe at all. 
I, yeah, I just feel like the ambiance too of it. It's just uh, it's it's a very simple setup, and I feel like if executed properly, you can have a lot of fun in a movie theater, play with a lot of tropes. And you know what? They did. They hit every one and then some. They went beyond what, where I thought it was going to go. And like I said, while still being contained, and just excellent, excellent episode. No, it makes sense for you, definitely. So, how many times is Bud getting launched across the theater out of five for this episode for you, Jamie? I'm not as enthusiastic as Dan is about this episode, but it is also a five. I do love it. I um, enjoyed every second of it. It did go by super fast. And, of course, you know how I am with Alan Kelly and uh, any time... Oh, yeah. Anytime he does anything like that, it makes me smile. So (laughs) five out of five. There's that. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. Nice. All right. How many times has Bud get launched across the theater out of five for you, (laughs) Steven? (laughs) He's going to get launched five times for me. Yes. Because I love this one. I thought it was hilarious. I think it's my favorite of this season. We're going to have to get through the rest of the season before I make my final decision. Don't worry, it won't be one with seven. (laughs) We know. (laughs) But I loved it. I thought the jokes were hilarious. Nice. It's a Hall of Famer, guys. Wow. And this happens rarely, but it's happened before where we had a guest on. And still, that did not interrupt the straight five out of five rating for everyone who's hosting the episode. So, yeah, I give Bud five launches across the theater for this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's great. The whole premise, um, it's interesting to see this guy in his first role. I love Kelly-centric episodes. I think she always carries episodes so well. They never falter. It's nice to see her again in a, her carrying an episode so shortly after she just did it with, um, you know, Heels on Heels on Wheels. I love the theater setting. I love the lighting they chose. Mm. I love the joke that they did at the concession stand and even with the kid. Um, loved the whole premise that they got suckered into doing this just because she said yes, which they didn't expect. That's funny in itself. The fact that they still did it is good. Al walking into another theater and everyone leaving to go check out Hooters is amazing. <laughs> That's my so favorite part. <laughs> Bud getting punched back. Look at the whole thing. We're rating Bud getting launched across the theater as amazing. Al beating multiple people up in the theater. The ending that you cannot forget when Al says that he'll never beat the movie going experience. I mean, it's just great. And, and the way they implemented Mar- like, how do we put Marcy and Jefferson in this? That's, that's how you do it. Yep. Yep. And like you said, I think it's quintessential Married with Children. And like you said earlier, um, surprisingly more relevant than ever. Like that line hit me. And that never happens with a show like this. No. Like it, it just, it really got me. I'm like, oh man. Like you, you start to appreciate stuff like that that you wouldn't normally because you, cause you just have it easily accessible all the time. But man, yeah, when he said that line, I'm like, wow, that, that, that episode just meant something to me. Yep. Yeah, very profound. And he had, obviously, unknowingly, that it would land right around now. So, guys, tune in next week as we review Till Death Do Us Part, 
When Peg complains about Al's lovemaking to the girls at the beauty parlor, he becomes the laughing stock of the town. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Stephen. Yeah. Oh, dude. you're welcome. Yeah. I'm going to have to run here. I need to get over to a zoo meeting. <laughs> are, is, are you going to meet Steve at the zoo with his tur- reptile, kiss a reptile shirt? Go see Bosco? Wow. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And we're going to release, save Bosco and release. No, leave Bosco alone. 